All right, we're going to be in John. Or I'm sorry, I'm going to say that more than once. Going to say after being in John for uh, three and a half years, it's going to come out. We'll be in First John chapter one. First John chapter one. So I brought some visual aids today, and you'll see what we're going to talk about here in a little bit. We're going to do some yin and yang today. I know. I'm serious to think about leaving it up. I would just see what they see. What, uh, it would cause something though. <laughs> Staff meeting Monday. Somebody's gonna be like, "All right, who put the who put the Hindu yin and yang in the first grade classroom?" <laughs> Not in a uh, technical sense, but. <laughs> But there is church discipline, and I don't want to have to go through that. So we'll be in 1 John chapter 1. We'll start reading in verse verse 5. We'll read down through verse 10. I think it's going to be a very practical lesson today. Um, I think it's going to be good. So verse 5. John tells us, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. and The truth is not in us. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So last week we kind of went into a little bit of an introduction on 1 John and then we went over the first four verses. And you, Just very briefly, you remember John's writing this to either a church or a series of, or group of churches up in the uh, Asia Minor area. area. Uh, around the area of Ephesus. And he's combating heresies that are kind of starting to rear their heads within the church. Even in, this is 90 AD approximately, early Christians, right? And yet, here we get already starting to um, have um, people starting to twist the gospel. And specifically when the area, in the area of Gnosticism because of the Roman influence. The fact that all matter is evil. Remember that? Yeah. All spirit is good. So it doesn't matter. It was extremes to that. It doesn't matter in, in the flesh what you go do. Because matter is evil. So go live life. You can live however you want to live. Sin as much as you want to sin. As long as your spirit's where it needs to be. The flesh we know is evil. Well, we know that's not right. So then the other extreme to that was the spirit's um, strong. So you can have no sin, and then if sin pops up in your life, then you know they would promote that you would lose salvation from that. So John's trying to combat these things. And, and just from verse 4, he says, And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. He's saying, you know, you guys are putting 
You're twisting the gospel. The gospel's a good thing. The gospel brings joy to your life when applied appropriately and correctly and how Jesus wants it to be applied, right? You go with these twisted heresies, you're making life tough for yourself. You're making it so that you can't have joy. And the Christian life is supposed to be one of joy. So he's trying to make a point. Now he, uh, in verse 5, we're going to have this application of walking in the light. Now, we've heard this um, analogy from John before in his gospel. We heard it from Christ several times. You know, we, we heard several times applied that Jesus saying, I am the light. But in verse 5, it says, This then is the message that we have heard of him. We've heard him say this. Go back to uh, verses uh, 1, 2, and 3 that we talked about last week. This is an eyewitness to what Jesus talked about. This isn't just somebody that just kind of is writing a book nowadays, kind of saying, well, I read a book that says he said, and some of that may be totally good. But this is John who I heard him say. I mean, that's, that's good stuff. That solidifies his message for us. He heard. This is the message that we have heard. And now we're going to declare it unto you. And we've heard it. We're not keeping it secret. We're, we're, we want everybody to know about this. God is light. And he goes on to say, And in him is no darkness at all. So God is light with no mixture. There's no darkness. There's no sin within God. He is perfectly holy, right? So this is the first of several statements in 1 John concerning the nature of God. These statements establish a basis for fellowship. Remember we talked about fellowship last week and exactly what uh, fellowship was and true fellowship is as long as you're within um, the nature of God, then you're having true fellowship. If we're just getting together talking popular culture or, you know, what's, hey, what'd you watch on TV last That Are we really fellowshipping? Not really. Ken, how's, you know, what's God been doing in your life lately? You know? Um, hey, let me tell you what he's doing in my life. We're fellowshipping. That's what God wants us to do within that. Uh, since God is light, then to fellowship with God who is light and the Father of lights, and who dwells in unapproachable light, is to be in the light. So we're, if we're fellowshipping within Christ, then we're fellowshipping within the light. You cannot fellowship with the light and be in darkness. Can't happen. Can't happen. Remember, Christ is holy. God is holy. Matter of fact, that's the whole reason we had to have the, you know, Jesus as a man born of a virgin, crucified on that cross, and rose again is to make that bridge for us to a holy God, right? We come to Him on His terms, not ours. Uh, Pastor talked about it. I probably would, would have mentioned it, but he, uh, just recently, you know, and I remember when we were looking to joining Central. Uh, Cindy and I grew up in a, in a Southern Baptist church environment it's 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 different it's different than what we we experience here and honestly the first time i came to central and if you just come into services and walk out you may hear once in a while but you you really get the breadth of what does it mean to be a fundamental independent baptist what does it really mean 
And when we came to discovering church membership, I ate that up. I thought, this is the coolest thing ever. I've never heard of this. Fundamental, I'd never heard of fundamental independent. And it just made sense. You didn't have to convince me. He said, well, we're independent. We get to, as a church body and as staff, we, we do what's, we minister to the local church. You know, and as an example, every year we come up with our theme that we think will benefit our local members. We prayerfully ask Jesus, how do, do we need to minister to our body? And we come up with that. And I thought, that makes perfect sense. There's nothing confusing about that. You know, yet I've been to other churches. They have themes that cover the entire country at one time because it's what the convention said we're going to do. And I always, I remember questioning that several times. So when I heard pastors say, this is the way we do it, I thought, that makes perfect sense. And what does he tell everybody in that class? You're joining us. We're not joining you. Now, I'm sure this comes out of plenty of... uh, of uh, tales and experiences that he's had over the years, sometimes people join, and then when as they kind of assimilate into the group, now here, hey, pastor, you know it'd be really cool if we had a, you know, can we do some drums and maybe an electric guitar up on the, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> and then here we go, right, pastor, no, no, I don't think that'd be a good idea, and here's why. And somebody with the right spirit goes, oh, yeah, you know what, I, I remember. You know, it's, we, we're not, we're separated. We're, we should be different. Or they come in with it, well, it was fine. And every place else I went, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start laying seeds with people and try to go around, you know. No, you're joining us. We're not joining you. Um, we come to God on His terms. We're not... It's, <laughs> You don't get to go to him later and go, you know what, can we lessen this thing? Because that's kind of what, it'd make my life easier. No, you come to him on his terms, and his terms are pretty dictated for us, right? We are to walk in his light and reflect his light. And our testimony shows that, doesn't it? Uh, I mentioned this, and I'll mention it again because I was talking to somebody just this week and it came up. I've had the opportunity over the last five or six years several times. Just last year at the credit union for our uh, Christmas meal, I'd been there like a month and a half. Hey, you know, what, how about come to the Christmas party? Great, where's it at? Osage Casino. I won't be there. Thanks for offering. Um, how come you ain't going? And... I was able to have a private conversation with them. And I said, you know, I just don't go to casinos. Well, you don't have to gamble. I know that. But, you know, uh, Cindy and I are, are, are very much involved in our church. And I teach Sunday school and involved in leadership. And it's important to me, not only for me not to do it, but if somebody were to see me walk out of there and they're just driving down the highway and it's like, well, that's Randy walking out of the casino. What's he doing there? Now, I don't think he's, he's probably not gambling, but oh, maybe he is. It's a casino. You know? That's important to me. That's important to me. I don't want there to be any, I don't want Satan to start getting into somebody's head, and then here we go. 
So our walk is to reflect that light. Light reveals that the truth of God is in us, and it reveals what the truth of God is to us. It exposes things, does it not? It exposes our sin and eliminates good. It shines in a dark world and lights our way to guide our path. Now this statement that God is only light with no darkness whatsoever refutes other religions and concepts out there. Hinduists. We got this yin and yang. Anybody know kind of what the yin and the yang is supposed to be describing? Well, they have the darkness and they have the light. But you can see it kind of evolving within this circle and there can be a little light within the you be a little you know you might be bad but there's probably a little good there you know or you're a really good person but you got some that's not the way it is there there can be no light within darkness there can be no darkness within light now let's look at a pop culture reference this concept uh, was taken and a, a gentleman made a pretty popular science fiction movie in the 70s using this concept. Star Wars? Used Star Wars? Used the Force, right? There's da- the dark side to the Force, and then there's the, what do they call that? The good side? The light? They don't call it the light side. They just call it the dark side. And But use the Force and for positive and good. You know, you got Darth Vader who uses the same force that Luke uses. But he uses it for bad and he uses it from good. It's this Hinduistic philosophy that... Uh, who was the... I'm losing my... Tra- uh, the guy who did it. But that's the, this is the concept that he used when he created Star Wars. Now, don't let that ruin it for you. I love Star Wars. I had all the action figures and everything. I wish I'd have kept it. They'd be worth hundreds of dollars. But as long as you know what that what they're kind of teaching within the movie, then you know, enjoy it. But you know, this is the kind of stuff that uh, popular culture kind of picks up on. It's easy for them to justify a little darkness in their life that way, or a lot of darkness in their life that way. Verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie. And we do not the truth. If we claim to have fellowship with Christ and we walk in darkness, we lie. If we're walking in light as he is in the light, then we're walking in fellowship with one another because we are in fellowship with him. So, you know, if we're fellowshipping and we're, and we're both, we got the, a positive a good, uh, we're walking in the light of Christ and we're fellowship with other Christians and we're doing what He wants us to do and we're walking in that light the way He wants us to walk. Now, this passage does demand that we must walk in the light as believers, but it does not state as believers that there's no darkness in us. I just told you there can be no darkness in the light. Well, that applies to Jesus. <laughs> it applies to God, right? And the Holy Spirit. But we're not Jesus. We're not God. And we're not the Holy Spirit. We're a fallen creature. 
And even though we strive to walk within His light, we have a sin nature, do we not? And you're going to have that darkness show up. So these passages do not teach us anything about sinless perfection. And it doesn't mean that we have to have sinless perfection and that's required or we lose our salvation if we ever step into the darkness. That's not what what he's saying when he says uh, have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. He's not saying you're going to lose your salvation. He's just saying you need to go back and let that light examine your nature. So if we're walking in the light, then that blood of Jesus is continually cleansing us. That's the only way you have to get cleansed. That's it. And then you have some that have taken this passage to say, well then, so if we walk in the light, if we have if, if, if to have no darkness, and if we have darkness, then we're lying to ourselves. So we got to have con- always good light. Then you could have somebody twist that and say, well, then we, so you have to have good works to keep your salvation. People twist it all the time with that. And we know that that's not the case, right? Others may look at this and wrongly doubt their, their salvation anytime they're, they have uh, or are guilty of committing individ, individual acts of sin. You may be going through a particular period. Something may have happened that you've got a particular sin. <clears throat> And I think that, you know, uh, I think many suffer from this. Now all of a sudden, man, you know, I'm supposed to be saved. I'm supposed to be walking in the light. I'm supposed to be modeling Christ. And I have this sin. Am I really saved then? And that's not what he didn't want us to go there either. No, absolutely not. passage does not speak of salvation for it speaks of the continual cleansing. So you have a little darkness. You need that light to have that continual cleansing. I think uh, back in the day, I haven't seen folks do this for quite some time, but uh, uh, remember when people used to hang their clothes out all the time? Mm-hmm. I don't I hardly ever see that anymore. I think it's cool. I just... You know, you, I remember you'd throw those towels out on the line. Boy, they'd come in, they'd feel like sandpaper yeah. <laughs> next time you'd use them, wouldn't they? Yeah. It's like, really? We didn't have fabric. We didn't have fabric softener, you know. You can't just throw the little teddy bear in there and have it feel good when it comes out or whatever. But Or you'd put the whites out there, and what would it do? It'd help bleach that, that darkness out. Uh, you know, I've had... I like wearing white shirts sometime, and Cindy will go, that shirt's dirty. I'm like, no, it's not. It's white. That's not white. <laughs> That's not white anymore, I hon. White. Yeah. Here, I'll got a white shirt. Put it up next to that. Ooh. That's not white anymore. <laughs> Yet you wash it all the time, right? Yeah. So, you know, your light, what you think is light, <laughs> over time can get kind of dingy, right? But so how do you fix it? How do you fix it? You know, if you got that, you know, that, that item that's kind of getting a little dingy and it needs to be white, how do you fix it? Well, you you bleach it. Or you back the way they used to do it, put it on the clothesline. Let that sun bleach that or something. 
get that dirt, get that darkness out of there. So we use that light to expose the sin. And what do we do once it's exposed, though? There's the trigger point. There's the decision point. I have this sin in my life. It's affecting my walk. I know I'm to walk in the light. I'm to walk in the light that He said to walk, not the one that I think is best. He dictates all the ways I'm supposed to be living in my life. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I see these things and it exposes something to me. Then what do I do with it? You know, I need to go. I need to ask for forgiveness at that point, right? And mean it. And mean it. Yeah, absolutely. Do your best to do better. In your own will, that's where we fail, right? Yeah. You go to Jesus, you go to God, and you say, I, I got this sin in my life. I have this sin. He knows what it is. He knew before I figured it out, right? But you go to him and you say, I have this particular sin in my life and I need your help. I need your forgiveness for it. And then what happens? He forgives you. So I'm going about my my week. But you need to a, leave the sin alone. <laughs> well, well, that's what, you know, asking for forgiveness and repenting, absolutely. And then I go about my life a couple weeks later. I'm reading my Bible and I see something, and I'm like, um, now i got this other sin. Well, I've got to work on. <laughs> the more light you're exposed to, it's a continual process is what John's telling us in these scriptures. You know, so every amount of, you know, I, ha- I get exposed to his light. I, I get exposed to a sin I need to deal with. I ask for forgiveness. If I'm continually to walking in his light, then it's something other issues going to get exposed so I ask for forgiveness and it's it's a unfortunately with us it's a constant constant walk but over time your your walk with him starts to improve right hopefully in your life you know I'm not going to say that the sin becomes less we know we're going to sin, right? But the, as you continue to walk in His light, as you continue to have fellowship with, with others that model that same type of, of walk, then the it becomes, you're never going to arrive, but you're growing. Right? I remember when I first got saved, I, that was the hardest thing for me to remember. Mm-hmm. Was that I'm saved and I'm forgiven my sins. And then something would crop up and I'd think, well, how can that crop up if I've been forgiven? It took me the longest time to... Yeah, you know, because it's a faith thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like it should... It's, it's not an easy uh, Christian philosophy, but it's not hard either. Yeah, we, we tend to, right? Um, Jesus is open 24-7. <laughs> yeah, He's that's there. true. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, absolutely. 
And we were talking about confessing the sin. And, and I wrote this from, from one of my references. It says, to confess or, of our sin means to agree with God concerning our sin. I thought that was, well, God already said it's a sin. Just agree with Him that you're right. It's a sin. And as a, as a, as a Christian, as, a, as, a, as one of your um, children, I want that out of my life. And so you're you're agreeing with them. I thought that was well put. We must confess the awfulness of our guilt to see our sin, which um, the passage speaks of no casual or flippant, I'm sorry, to God. No. It speaks of a heartbroken repentance and forgiveness. And then you can have some. Are we not a society of extremes anymore? You know, if you want, if you doubt that ever, watch Fox News and then flip over to MSNBC and watch for an hour. Uh, there's no middle ground anymore. You know, they talk about undecideds and, it, you know, undecided political a little bit. Undecided voters only count for like, what, 2 to 3% of the nation's population. I mean, you really can't sway anybody. Nobody's willing to be swayed on on stuff like that anymore. We're a society of extremes. Um, But some would take this and say, okay, if I have this this light, I get uh, exposed to have a sin in my life, and I ask for forgiveness, and it exposes something else, and I'm not going to lose my salvation, what's the extreme thought? Well, I can just sin at will then. You know, and we kind of talked about like that last week. I mentioned my brother-in-law, and he had that you know once saved, always saved, and which is a absolute one hundred percent true doctrine of, of, of Baptist faith. They, no one disagrees with that, right? If you do, probably need to talk. But you know, we have a lot to take that and twist it and make it what it's not—a license to sin. And that, in it, it, nowhere in Scripture does it. Does it uh, give that justification? And I like to have my brother-in-law. He said, "Well, I changed that to if saved, always saved. Because if you're saved, then you won't want to sin continually." I thought, "Well, okay, that that's interesting." And so it's not a, a license to sin, knowing you can just get easily obtained forgiveness later. Verse seven. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light. We have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we so verse eight, nine, and ten are interesting. You see, they each begin with a if and a we, right? So verse eight: If we say we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So you know, hey, I'm saved. I walk in the light. I don't have any. There's no sin in my life. I need to deal with. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now, verse nine: If we confess our sins, when when we get when we have that sin that gets exposed that we need to deal with, then He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's it's a simple. It is simple. It's as simple as that. But what, a lot of things get getting away of that for asking for forgiveness and getting it out of your life, does it not? And one, I got to give that up. 
sometimes folks aren't willing to give that sin up, whatever it is. Number two, I got to kind of stow away my pride and just deal with it, which for uh, many of us, I think our, uh, us gentlemen are probably more prone to that than the ladies, unfortunately. You know, because we, we were always brought up with this. you got to be rough and tough, and you can't admit to weakness and all this kind of stuff. Um, that's, that's a I think Sin, uh, Ken can probably uh, vouch for this. I think at our, uh, the fire department and the police department, boy, pride is one of the biggest falls of that, just those professions in general. Um, you know, so you have these barriers that you got to overcome. So by no means is like you're saying, is it easy? Um, you got, but you got to be willing to humble yourself and get that sin taken care of. Because until you get that sin taken care of, it affects your walk. We talked about it affects your fellowship. We talked about that last week. It affects your fellowship. And then you got this. If you're like me, I have a tendency to overthink things sometimes. I got this sin in my life. I know it's there, and I haven't dealt with it. I know his pastor's been preaching on that a lot. I wonder if he's trying to tell me something. <laughs> Certainly not. I noticed you when I was walking down the hall. Brother Lynn just walked right by me. He didn't say anything. I wonder if he's trying to make a point to me. I bet they know. <laughs> I bet they're telling everybody. Don't we have a tendency to... To get that, I'm not using meth. It's just, I think Satan gets in your head sometimes when you have that sin in your life and you, you haven't dealt with it and you start drawing some conclusions that just aren't there. You know, Mark used to sit by me all the time. He ain't, he hadn't been here. You notice he's not here this morning? I bet he's trying to make a point to me. It's probably because he knows he talked to Pastor and he Pastor told him about that sin that he thinks I have, but I haven't told him. I, you just, all of a sudden, you start kind of going down these rabbit trails that Satan starts applying, and you know what that ends up being? Now everybody there knows I'm going to have to go somewhere else. I've seen the way you guys look at me. You know, it's just, you, you can't let that get to that point. So, pride. Take care of that sin. Get it out of your uh, life. Let Jesus deal with that and then continue in the fellowship. That's what Jesus wants of us, right? And that's what John's saying. He goes, we have these people in our church now that are, what did I say last week? Christian, Christianity was not in, in um, danger of being uh, you know, uh, taken away. It was in danger of being changed. They were starting to change it from the inside. They had people within the church that we're able to get into some positions, whether it be teaching or ministering, and then all of a sudden they started applying their ways to it, not God's ways, and it was affecting people. And people might leave. People might go do something else. And he's saying, no, don't. Just deal with it. Let that those sins... If you're starting to follow down that road that you know's not right, deal with it. And then come back to the joy of the Christian life. Right? 
because it should be joyful. It's not a suspicious thing. It's a, it's a joyful thing. When we do confess our sins and we are forgiven and cleansed from all that guilt and shame. Alright? You, right? you okay? No. No? What's wrong? You go to the restroom? We can get somebody to probably help you out. There you go. Appreciate it. Let me get you handled. I was up here all day Friday decorating the door. Can you tell? Great job. Not true. Good job. I'm trying not to tear this. <laughs> we must uh, then accept by faith God's forgiveness. That's you know, there's no proof. You know, like when you, uh, I think of the old credit card machines. Remember those things? All right, um, I'm going to lay this at your feet. I, 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 please forgive me. Um, I'm going to repent from it, and you know, I just need to, your help to move on from this. Here's your receipt. Good to go. Done. I got a paper that says so. Uh, you don't get that, do you? You don't get it. You have to acknowledge by faith that God has forgiven you. And man, I think people get stuck there sometimes, right? How many times you ask forgiveness for the same thing? <laughs> for the same thing. I'm just making sure. I just... I, I went forward last Sunday and I put this pastor's service convicted me. I went to the altar and I asked for forgiveness. And by Monday morning, you're going, I don't think it's stuck. You know those old uh, old uh, felt boards you'd throw something at? I don't think it's stuck. I think I'm going to have to go forward again this Sunday on the same thing. Now, God doesn't want that either. He wants want you living like that. Just accept it by faith. Accept God's faith and forgiveness and embrace His grace and cleansing that He brought us. Uh, it, it should be that, that type of experience for you. Living in self-condemnation when God has declared that you are forgiven, frankly, is an act of unbelief even. Can you take it to that extent? I think so. God has told us to already, He's saying, ask for forgiveness, repent, move on. So if we keep going, then we're t- calling him and what he's already told us. We're calling that into question. That's a sin in of itself. Now I got to, you know, now I'm going backwards on this thing now. You know, no, he don't want that from you. Doesn't want that at all. And it's not an act of, well, I'm just, I'm making sure. I'm making sure I'm just going to go forward every Sunday. And now we got this. Well, you kind of you got this kind of pious attitude of you know. Uh, now I'm just I'm a victim of Satan all the time, you know. And you just kind of got this attitude. It's not that either. Just give it to him. Just give it to him, and he'll deal with it. It is a denial of the sufficiency of the blood of Christ to cleanse us, and a rejection of the promises of God to forgive. Uh, boy, is that not simple. Or simply put. 
I love this. I really like what John is he's he's telling us it. Um, it's just a very simple, I think, application lesson for us. You know, there's it's not real deep theology. God's light. Act walk in his light, and when you have that darkness shows up, and you will, because we are fallen individuals, you will deal with it. And then move on. Continue in that light. Continue in that growth. Because you'll never arrive. You'll never reach a point. 20 years, you know, it's like my house loan. Sooner or later, that thing's done. This ain't it. <laughs> this is a continual... There's no terms on this. It's just going to be continual growth. I can't tell you as a... Uh, I'll be transparent on this. And we all have sin in our lives. And as a deacon, I've always felt unworthy of that. You know, whether it was as a trustee or a deacon. And especially as a deacon, I'm like... I, a couple times I've been to I, I, I got to resign. I, I, this is I, I can't give this. I can't give him. I think what what he's looking for from me, and I, I have this and this that I'm dealing with. It just doesn't. And he always laughs, giggles at me. Pastor does it. I'm always like, well, what's funny about that? I don't know. It's funny, but he's heard it over the years. Every year he's heard that out of at least a few deacons. He, you know, he's mentioned it a few times. He goes, and he 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 says, "Oh, when you're doing that, then you have the right heart." <laughs> and I don't, you know, that's for him to say. I'm not trying to single myself out because uh, others have done it as well. Um, that should be, you know, you should have that 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 thought. And John's given us that this this perfect practical application, I think, in these few verses. So I hope that was a blessing to you. Ken, you want to release this for services, and then we'll go down for worship. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this uh, time of fellowship that we've had, that we can learn more about you, Lord. Um, what a great lesson for us to learn about today, that you love us enough that you will forgive us if we just ask you. And you love us enough that not only will you do it, but we can trust that you will do it. And then we can enjoy fellowship with you, knowing we're forgiven. And I appreciate that myself. Lord, so I thank you for this fellowship and this, this time of learning. Uh, now as we get ready to go to the worship service, we just ask that you be there with us, Lord. And, and may everything we do honor you today. May you open our hearts and our minds to uh, the the message today that we can apply to our lives and walk even closer to you, Lord. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now for